emergency use in the U.S. Vanderbilt University's Dr. William Schaffner. There's going to be a staged way of doing this, one group at a time. And so we'll have to listen very carefully as to when me or you or your Aunt Sally are eligible for this vaccine. Stock futures are surging on the news. Right now, Dow futures are ahead 1,670. S&P futures up 154. Business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Anyone who's got a 401k or an IRA is elated right now. And it does feel like this huge breakthrough. Of course, all of us want this. I'm Stephen Portnoy. President-elect Biden hails the news as excellent, but he notes that widespread vaccinations are likely many more months off. He notes experts have said wearing a mask will be even more effective than taking a vaccine and that social distancing will be needed well into next year. Mr. Biden meets today with his new COVID-19 task force. President Trump's son, Don Jr., has posted a tweet suggesting the timing of Pfizer's announcement nearly a week after the election was, quote, Nefarious. The U.S. has reported more than 100,000 COVID cases a day for the last five days. President-elect Biden announcing that coronavirus task force and other plans. CBS's Nicole Killian. They include rescinding a travel ban on several Muslim-majority countries, reinstating the DACA program, which provides protections to so-called dreamers, and rejoining the World Health Organization and the Paris Climate Agreement. Tropical Storm Ada has slammed into the Florida Keys, flooding streets in Miami-Dade and Broward counties. CBS meteorologist David Parkinson says the system is picking up speed as it moves on. As the day goes on, it'll be western Florida uh, seeing some of the heaviest rain and then into the Gulf the storm goes dipping south and west. It will become a hurricane. McDonald's is back on top of its game. So, world? Yeah, you. I'm Travis Scott. It's reporting a 4.6% increase in third quarter sales. Bigger orders, dinner business, and a promotion with musician Travis Scott getting the credit, along with new spicy McNuggets. Get the mighty hot sauce. It's uh, napkins up for foreheads now. Kind of spicy. This This is CBS News. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. That's healthy news for everyone. Only Eggland's Best. Order! Continue, Ms. Garner. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. Objection! My credit card doesn't earn double miles on every purchase. I object to your objection. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on every purchase. Order! And right now, earn 100,000 bonus miles when you spend $20,000 in your first year. I don't know it. No further questions, Your Honor. But just one. What's in your wallet? Limited time offer. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. Order online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating will improve with a wide assortment of holiday decor from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. A reporter is in the spotlight for something he says he didn't say. A political journalist goes viral for his response to a man on the street during one of his reports. The man asked Alex Zidane of News 12 New Jersey, is this real news or fake news? The way many people heard it, Zidane cursed at the heckler and turned back around to smile at the camera. But on Twitter, the reporter said his response was clean and told the guy to buzz off. 
He asked people to respect members of the press who are doing their jobs and telling your stories. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. New signs of life in Sydney. The Opera House there has reopened. Almost 40,000 spectators attended the city's rugby league grand final. Workers are being urged to return to their offices. As the U.S. and Europe deal with renewed surges, Australia has just defeated a second wave of the coronavirus. Only seven new cases have been reported since Saturday. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. My name is J.R. Martin. I have two master's degrees, one in health promotion and the other as a master in medical science. And I trust balance of nature. Everyone in the medical field and prescribe all types of medicines. I still feel like the less medicine, the better. The body always tries to find a way to become healthier. So if we can support it and help it in a natural way, that is the design. And it's been fantastic to work with Balance of Nature, seeing the fruits and vegetables come in from the farmers and then seeing it put in a form that can be taken each day. And then seeing those that benefit from it was fantastic. It was a great thing. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FRUITS. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-506-8319. 800-506-8319. That's 800-506-8319. Medicare Open Enrollment is ending on December 7th, and Buckeye Hills Regional Council is here to help. Our enrollment specialists are available by appointment to assist in finding the best coverage option for yourself or a loved one. Plans change, and so do your health needs. Call Buckeye Hills Regional Council at 1-800-331-2644 to schedule an appointment today. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Did you know...
just one year as manufacturers look to sell, not to maintain. Because that's how they to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Mercy. 52 degrees right now, climbing up to 79 as the day continues. We've had a lucky few days here. Pleasant evenings to go out. Yard work. Getting ready for fall and winter for that matter. Certain sense of accomplishment as you get those things done. I had a lengthy list. Got through a lot of it this weekend. Anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a party line on a... Uh, oh, that microphone's damp. Oh, I know what it is. It's the spray. Um, what was I saying? Oh, um, anyway... I lost it, but um, it was a beautiful weekend, and uh, a beautiful week in store for us, too. I guess, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to remain as warm. 79 tonight, or today, 77 tomorrow, 69 on Veterans Day, um, 61 on Thursday, 59 on Friday, you get the point. And it's that time of year when you have to expect that. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's see here. Today is Monday. It is November 9th. This is the 314th day of the calendar year. We now have 52 days remaining. It's um, Each day, it's hard to pick a most important historical event. So we, we cite many, but um, in this one report, they do attempt to do that. And they said on November 9th, the year 1989, communist East Germany threw open its borders, allowing citizens to travel freely to the West. And uh, joyful Germans danced atop the Berlin Wall. Kind of neat. And uh, we have a caller already, so let me uh, bring them on board, and then we'll keep moving. Good morning. Hello. 
Oh, let's see. I didn't push that button hard enough, I guess. There we go. That should make a difference. Good morning. Yeah, Dave, uh, just going to call in this morning to kind of brag about my Alexander Spartans. Do it. Our, uh, soccer, yeah, our soccer team knocked off Dover in the regional final, so we get to go to the uh, Division Two Final Four. And it's the first time ever in the school history a boys' team has gone to the Final Four. And uh, if we beat Dover at Athens High School there on Saturday, 3-2 to two in overtime. So That's cool. Yeah, we take on last year. Yeah, we take on last year's state champ, uh, Tip City Tippy Canoe. Yep. Uh, Wednesday night at Westerville North at 7 o'clock. Westerville North, okay. Yeah. What, uh, uh, who's head coach these days? Who's that? Well, some guy I know kind of good there. He's my son, Kirk Crow. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, you know, back in my day, it was Jerry and Jerry Royce. Uh, Jerry, man, and him and Cindy are still there every game. They go oh, to all the away games. I would too. Um, and every every win we get, uh, you know, his name is mentioned. Of course. I mean, he he's always in her soccer. Yep. I had so, a little bit. A, I had a little bit to do with the Athens side while he was doing the Alex side. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was that was yeah. There's. It's unbelievable how soccer has kind of taken off. I mean, this is like I said, this is the first time since 2004 anybody from this district has ever gone to state title. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had to we got to start earning some respect here and stuff. <laughs> this year, we kind of got to helped out with. Uh, you know, I, I thought at the beginning of the year we might get lucky to get ten games in, and uh, we're still gone. And it just, um, you know, we had a, a pretty uh, veteran team here, and man, those guys just worked their tails off. And uh, you know they believed in themselves, and um, you know they just they you know they've been the last couple of games they got behind like at, uh, by halftime, but we always come back. And uh, so you know uh, Dover they tied it up with about three minutes to go in regulation time, and looked like they had all the momentum. But when uh, I think we scored in the first three minutes of overtime to win it, and it was good because our guys were pretty pretty dead tired. Oh yes, I mean it was kind of. It was kind of warm on Saturday, and playing on that turf it was even, you know, hotter and stuff. And, uh, you know, you didn't think, like, November was, 7th, uh, it was going to be, like, 78 degrees. field was artificial? Yeah, playing yeah. at Joe Burrow Stadium. Oh, okay, okay. I, I remember the referee came in, and he was from Adams County, and he was talking to one of his friends. He said, he said, I'm refereeing a, a regional final soccer game on Joe Burrow Stadium. Like, he couldn't believe he's on Joe Burrow Field. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's neat. But well, keep so up, keep uh, it up, guys. Okay. Yep, we we hope so. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, well, when do you play next? Now we play at seven o'clock on Wednesday night at Westerville North High School. Okay. Against Tip City uh, Tippy Canoe. Okay, I'll um, I'll make sure I follow that. Right. Okay. okay. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Okay. Uh-huh, bye bye. And good luck too. Uh, that's, yeah, that's neat. So, um, let's see here, Scott. Um, let's see what else happened historically speaking. We had, um, on this date, 1620 though, the year, the passengers and crew of the Mayflower sighted Cape Cod. I guess they didn't stop. There were no hotels available, right? Yes, that's right. 
that was meant to be a joke. Uh, let me turn your mic on. Ah, there we go. What are you doing over there? Trying to get the streaming going mm. here, so we'll turn that down. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. I, go. I, I would we, just pass that off to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to, but there's some troubleshooting okay. I can do back there, but it's uh, a little bit deeper than that, apparently. Okay. Um, let's see here. 1938, Nazis looted and burned synagogues as well as Jewish-owned stores and houses in Germany and Austria in a program of deliberate persecution that became known as Kristallnacht, which, anyway, we need to close his door okay um well anyway um let's see i think i heard you mention this earlier whitey herzog 89 yes charlie robinson 75 movie director billy august is uh, 72 Robert David Hall, the actor, 72. Actor Lou Ferringo. What, what was he in? He was the Incredible Hulk. That's right. 69. Sherrod Brown from Ohio, 68. The senator. Gospel singer Donnie McClurkin is uh, 61. Rapper Scarface of the Ghetto Boys, 15. You all know him. I just know you do. <laughs> anyway. Let's see. Jason Antoon, the actor, 49. Eric Dean, another actor, 48. And we'll just skip down to the bottom. The youngest person listed is... Um, an actor and model, Annalee Tipton, who's 32. All right. <clears throat> well, folks, uh, one of the things we had planned to do this morning, and we're going to do it here, oh, in maybe five minutes from now, is um, sort of a... Alex Trevec, that's that's essentially the topic. Um, any of you that know uh, my sidekick here each morning, um, and I'm not talking about Scott, I'm talking about the Dave machine. Um, he is a trivia nut. So a program such as Alec Trevec's program of the last 35 years, which was called Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Um, obviously, would be of high interest to the Dave machine. But uh, he also is a game show um, aficionado. You know, he. He has so much 
information in his head about different game shows over history and all of that. So we're going to talk about Alex here in about five minutes. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard by now that uh, yesterday morning he passed. Um, at the age of 80, he had been battling pancreatic cancer. But let's, uh, let's do the COVID stuff. Where's my report? Here we go. Um, so today um, is Monday. So the information I bring you each morning is as of 2 o'clock the day before. It's just the way it all flows together. At a... In a interesting conversation with some dinner friends last night about all of this uh, they feel the COVID thing is not a pandemic um, what yeah <laughs> anyway uh, they say wow. you know, flu was much worse uh, things like that and and I, granted over the over the years of history there have been more serious diseases. Um, but, you know, for us to have a disease in this day and age, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the ones they brought up was several hundred years ago. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I wonder how many, what's the thing that makes you breathe? Respirators? Yes. I, how many respirators existed several hundred years ago? So the death rates were higher. But we have machines, medications, and soon to be a vaccine we assume that will make this eventually come to an end but just the sheer ability to treat it in a hospital setting if the case is serious enough to re require that we have so much more available to us you know what I mean yes well anyway Okay. I'll, Technology, research, yeah. material, equipment, vaccines. So, I mean, on on. you know, if there was some flu, and I, you know, I'm not a historian by any means, but I don't know, some flu that existed 100 years ago or something and wiped out more people, we didn't have all of the specially medical devices to help along the way, right? Yes. Okay. Not at all. And, you know, recently, what, within the last 10 years, Ebola surfaced around the world, and uh, the H1N1 flu. Yes. Just to touch on a couple of them that have been in, ex in existence. But hasn't this been worse? I would think so, yes. Do you remember them talking about... A pandemic 
For the other two I mentioned, no. Or any <clears throat> others in our previous life? Um, in our years? Probably not. Uh, what would it be? Maybe, well, that was even before us. I'm thinking of you know, I polio. Mean, polio. Uh, we've all described repeatedly on this show how Oh, I think I was in middle school or something like that, and on one Sunday morning right after church, everybody went to the schools, and in the gyms they had people just in line, dressed up from the church, receiving shots. In, um, in this case, it was an air shot, like I had in the service where they, they didn't have a needle, they just shot it with such force that it pierced the skin and, well, you get the point. Yeah. But okay. no, as far as pandemic, I, I don't recall any in my lifetime anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before us, what with the measles, chicken pox, polio, until vaccines were developed. Well, here we go. <clears throat> so Athens. Now, this is all information as of 2 o'clock yesterday. Athens, as of yesterday, had reached 1,476 cases. That's nine more than the day before. Go back four days, we had a um, 77-person increase. Um, You know, I, I don't know. Sometimes that happens. But uh, anyway, nine, pre- nine more people, nine more cases yesterday, bringing the total to 1476. Now, the definition of active. So, you know, I don't know how many days one deals with it. I'm sure some people it's more than others. But at a certain point, they're considered. Uh, no longer active. The case has been, the I'm sorry, the ailment has been resolved, cured, whatever you want to call it. So of the 1,476 cases we've had so far in Athens County, 257 are considered active. The day before, it was 265. Now, of those, yesterday, 55 required hospitalization. And we don't know, in this case at least, how many were ICU versus regular rooms. Now, of the 1476, as of yesterday, 1,215 cases had were considered recovered. Um, we have had four deaths. They uh, essentially all, um, the, the first two, which came very early during this whole thing, back in March, Uh, were older people who had some pre-existing conditions. And um, so, 
On the other hand, the two that happened Friday, or from Thursday to Friday, just a few days ago, we're now up to four is what I'm trying to say. Those were in, um, I'm going to call it nursing home situations. And, um, you know, that's an area the state is working very hard to try to keep a tight handle on. Because in that environment, it could spread very quickly. Okay, so, just to repeat everything, 15 new cases yesterday, bringing the total since this all began to 1476. 265 are considered active now, 46 requiring hospital help, 1,202 recovered, and four deaths. The state of Ohio now. State of Ohio. Uh, yesterday, um, they reached... Wait a minute. Okay, I'm I'm close enough here. I was reading the wrong column. I was reading Saturday's information, not Sunday's information about Athens. So let me let me do this one more time. We had nine new cases yesterday, not fifteen. Uh, that grew us to 1476 instead of 1467. 257 were active cases now. 55 required hospitalization. 1215 have recovered. And as I said, four deaths. Okay, now Ohio, and I'll try to read the right column this, this time. So Ohio had uh, their their total caseload came up to two hundred and fifty thousand two sixty eight. That's two point one percent of the population of our state. Um, that's also an increase just from the day before of four thousand five hundred and forty one cases. Of those that are sick, 4,013 are in an ICU unit, 16,484 are in a non-ICU hospital setting, 41. Um, now, deaths. The state of Ohio has had 5,517. And then the good news is that of these 250,000 cases, 
184,556 are now recovered. Well, we have world stats and we have U.S. stats, but uh, basically the See if he'd like to join us now. Okay. Um, basically, I think the two most important to us probably are that of Ohio in our own county. He said, give me a few minutes. <sighs> okay. Today is National Scrabble Day. Um, I've known people who really like playing that game. Uh, it's Scrapple, isn't it? Not Scrabble. Oh. S-C-R-A-P-P-L-E. I'll be darned. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I don't know what Scrapple is. Scrapple is, uh, it's a, a, a dish. Well, not a dish, but it's made from pork leftovers uh, pork rinds and uh, it's mixed together with corn flour uh, some meal uh, spices and it's formed into like a, a loaf and then what you do is you cut it slice it up and fry it kind of like spam but that's hmm. what what scrapple is well pork scrappings here, here I had thought all about scrabble well you can I mean if you want to so but now it's Scrapple. Have some Scrapple while you're playing Scrabble. I, it doesn't... Based on your description, I'm not sure I would like it. <laughs> but uh, maybe you were describing it in such a manner that you'd have it all to yourself because it's so good. I don't know. Okay, it's Microtia my, my <coughs> aware, Awareness Day? Yeah. That is a uh, Latin word for little ears. It's uh, for children that are, are born with that condition where their ears are smaller okay. than normal. And it's just raising awareness to that. You know, and children, you know, when they're born, they, they don't think they're any different than anybody else until all of the, you know, the criticizing and bullying and things like that start. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a it's a term for that particular condition. National Louisiana Day. That one's pretty obvious. It seems like each state has a day a year that, in which it's recognized. Okay, Benjamin Banneker. B a n n e k e r. Benjamin Banneker. Were he alive, today would be his birthday. He was born in 1731. He died in 1806. Benjamin B-A Two N's E-K-E-R Benjamin Banneker was a free African-American almanac author, surveyor, landowner, and farm owner who had knowledge of mathematics and natural history, born in Baltimore, 
County, Maryland, born to a free African-American woman and a former slave, Banneker had little or no formal education and was largely self-taught. Mary Travers. She uh, lived from 1936, in which this would have been her birthday, and she died in 2009. She is an American singer-songwriter. You probably remember her from Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay, that's right. Hedy Lamar. And in spite of the dateness of the picture, very attractive. So uh, she was born on this date in 1914, died in 2000. Hedy Lamar. Actress. Born Hedwig Eva Maria Kiesler, was an Austrian-American actress, inventor, and film producer. She was part of 30 films in an acting career spanning 28 years. And it seems uh, like uh, Harvey Corman used to refer to her frequently on a Carol Burnett show. I don't know why. Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew was a former vice president of the United States under Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. And he died in 1996, born on this date in 1918. Okay, couple fellas here died on this date, so it's a famous death. Charles de Gaulle, and of course we know who he is. Mm -hmm. French president. Died on this date in 1970. And Neville uh, Chamberlain. And that's very familiar to me, but folks, history is not my strength. He was also a world leader, former prime minister of the UK. So he died on this date in 1940. All right, is, uh, I know he was over here once, and then we were in the middle of something. (laughs) I don't know what. Okay, drum roll, the machine has arrived. Thank you, Scott. Again. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I know I was supposed to be over here a little bit earlier with the server crash. Let me, uh, so I do some damage control. Let me give you yes. your own mic there. There you go. Um, so, I had mentioned on the show early, like 30 minutes ago, um, that you have always had a passion for game shows. This is true. Ever since the crib. And um, <laughs> that you, you know, you can start rattling off names and hosts and all sorts of trivia da- data mm-hmm. about various game shows over the years. For example, uh, Alex Trebek, actually, Trebek, rather, um, hosted some other shows before there was a Jeopardy. Oh, a whole bunch. He got started over there on Canadian TV hosting some... Uh, so some academic challenge, college bowl type shows like Reach for the Top. He was the MC of that in the 1960s. He was uh, a newsman for the CBC until the early 1970s, at which time his friend Alan Thicke, a name people might know, he was a part of the staff of a brand new game show that was going to start producing over on NBC Daytime, over on, on these shores, called The Wizard of Odds. 
and he recommended him for that and uh, he won the audition he got the job and he was so unsure of whether or not this would work he didn't want to pack all his bags from Canada and come to America so luckily for him he never took his vacation time with the CBC so he had 16 weeks coming so what he did was he was he just used all that vacation time still got paid from the CBC and came over to give Wizard of Odds a try unfortunately that show failed but the very next Monday after it went off came a show called High Rollers which is on for a couple of years and you know so that did a little bit better and got him establishing on the map and at the time uh, for anybody with a good memory that uh, was around at the time might remember when Alex was hosting shows he had a big wavy bunch of afro style hair and a big bushy mustache and of course since the styles of the 1970s were what they were he had uh, suits with wide lapels and was wearing wide ties and for the swinging 70s he was quite the fashion plate so that show went off the air after a couple of years and he uh, was uh, the MC for the only Goodson Todman show that he was ever the host for is called Double Dare. Not to be confused with the uh, show on Nickelodeon that Mark Summers did with the physical challenges and the super sloppy business. Well, this was a hard quiz that had a couple of people squaring off against each other in isolation booths, jockeying to get to a certain target amount so they could uh, become the champion, go on to the bonus round, and it was too tough for the audiences. They decided to watch whatever show was on another network at the time, so that was uh, on for about six or so months. Then, uh, we are up to 1977 right now, he replaced Mike Darrow as the host of the $128,000 question. The yes. 1970s update of the $64,000 question. Isolation booths came into play and that was produced in Canada as it turns out and lasted a year but luckily for him when that show went off you liked high rollers you'll love the new high rollers yes. and he did that for a couple of years yes. that went off the air he filled in for Chuck Woolery for a week as the host of Wheel of Fortune and uh, that kept uh, some money coming his way until a show called Battle Stars came along which is a game where you wanted to answer questions by agreeing or disagreeing with celebrities who are in triangles and it was produced by the same people that did Hollywood Squares so the end joke was it was kind of sort of like the Hollywood Triangles but it was called Battle Stars and he did that for about six months and he did a show in Canada back to Canada he goes for Catalina Productions called Pitfall which he says is the worst show he ever hosted not because it was a flawed game not because he hated the rules <laughs> but because the check that they wrote to him bounced. <laughs> he got stiffer his paycheck, so he was volunteering to do that show without realizing he was going to be doing so. So that went on for a number of months until he found out the money wasn't going to be coming in anymore. And along comes, you liked Battle Stars, you'll love the new Battle Stars. And yes. he did that for 13 weeks. Yes. About a year or so later, Merv Griffin approached him and said, I want to bring Jeopardy back. We really would rather not bring Art Fleming back for whatever reason because he was the first host of the show. A lot of people remember uh, that Art Fleming did the show for about 11 years and thought he would be irreplaceable. And uh, so Merv asked Alex if he would like to host Jeopardy and he said yes it's a terrific show it's been one of my favorites it would be my honor to host it. 
And while that was going on, a few years later, for NBC Daytime, he hosted Classic Concentration. And now all four people that hosted Concentration have passed away. You know, losing Hugh Downs some months ago, and Bob Clayton and Jack Nars, we lost them quite a while ago. So he hosted that for four years. And he also, while he was hosting Jeopardy, and while he was hosting Classic Concentration, for four months he had a third show going on. It was To Tell the Truth. And he hosted that. And Scott, I got a favor to ask of you. If you could call yes, up sir. this cart number and get set to load it and play it. This is the opening words from his first hosting of To Tell the Truth. So if you could lock that and load that and play that. Alex two dollar sign then one. That is correct. Okay. Yep, Alex two W O dollar sign the numeral one. And once that's in there and you hear it start to play, you can hear the voice of announcer Burton Richardson. And he will be announcing him as the host of To Tell the Truth for the first time. So stand by, everybody. He's typing that in. He's getting it there. And hit play whenever you're ready. Here's the host of To Tell the Truth, Alex Trebek. Welcome to our show. If you will indulge me for just a moment, I'd like to begin this program with a brief confession. To tell the truth, I am absolutely thrilled to be here because for the very first time in over 18 years of hosting television shows here at NBC, this is the first time I get to work sitting down. <laughs> and I thank NBC for this relief, believe me. And he hosted that for four months, like I say, and uh, after that went off the air, he still had his gig on Jeopardy. Occasionally he would uh, host the National Geography Bee and uh, programs like that, but uh, Jeopardy was his base. There was no way he was going to leave that. And when he was diagnosed with, uh, with cancer close to two years ago, and of course the coronavirus uh, was prevalent, and they were... Uh, talking about stopping taping, you know, putting on reruns instead and stuff like that. Alex said, I really wanted to press them into getting us back in the studio because with my health the way it is and the virus messing up the world the way it did, the only time he felt like his life was anywhere close to normal was when he was on that stage hosting America's favorite answer and question game. Now, good news, they tape very far ahead, so they do have enough new shows recorded to keep them going through December 25th. So all the people that watch on Friday, saw Andrew win with over $21,000. He will be back tonight. Alex will be on tonight, which gives them about seven or eight weeks of um, advance um, programs to, uh, to to roll out on their scheduled days, which uh, will allow the people at Sony a chance to grieve, of course, and uh, no doubt there have been back-channel discussions about uh, succession, and uh, when the time's appropriate, I'm sure they'll address those and let us know. So... You didn't give us very much information. I'm worn out. I know. I'm sorry I let you down. Um, I am worn out. But you know, when you don't take a breath <laughs> along the way, there's only so much you can do. Okay, so <laughs> do you think the show will continue? Oh, absolutely. It and still rules the roost at 7 or 7.30 at night. Do you depending. think uh, you have someone that you think would be particularly good at taking over? If it was up to me... 
I'd like to give it to Mark Summers, who I mentioned not too long ago. He was the host of uh, that uh, kid show on Nickelodeon called Double Dare. Had the families out there doing uh, you know, all the all the all this all the stuff with the green slime and stuff like that. He also, <laughs> I mean, but he can also play it serious. He hosted a show on the Discovery Channel, I think. No, the History Channel called History IQ, and some other shows. So he is capable of, of playing it straight and doing an effective job. So I would like to think that he's part of the discussion but you know him being in his mid-60s they may decide to skew younger maybe even pull out a wild card choice somebody like ken jennings the fellow that was on that 74 game winning streak about 16 years ago hey there's a good idea what about you are you available has your agent been contacted? <laughs> if somebody would like to call me, that's fine. I think but you should host I America Says. Don't think I'm on the Rolodex. I think you should host America Says. You would be terrific at that. If you want to call GSN, the network for games, and try to work me in there. I think I shall. That would be terrific. What's your agent's number? Well, never mind. Give it to me when we're <laughs> Ask for Dave. Call between no, 5 your, and 10 in the morning. I want your agent. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what he's saying. <laughs> But, okay, uh, so I mean, it's listen, you, you are so, it, we have always been in amazement over the Dave machine. <laughs> and the, we still are. The degree, right, <laughs> and the degree of, of uh, trivia that you possess in your head. Um, and, I mean, and not, not uh, trivia could mean... Uh, unimportant but i'm talking about facts and data and just amazing what what do you think led to your ability to do that just natural curiosity <laughs> i see something that interests me and i try to learn as much about it as possible well it serves you well thank you and um so you know i i was at a dinner meeting last night, and I kind of, I wanted to say something, but I thought, gee, I don't know everybody's health conditions here. It's mm -hmm. even probably more dangerous on the radio. But have you ever heard of pancreatic cancer turning out well? I haven't, but that doesn't mean that there have not been cases of I, recovery. Of course. Mm -hmm. I hope there have been, mm -hmm. because I don't want people to think if they get that diagnosis, that's the end. Well, the idea was that they were thinking maybe he had six months if he was lucky, and he lasted the better part of two years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hang on to that. And also hang on to this. You know, while there's considerable sadness, because I, I know his, his fan club was Legion, um, this should be your takeaway. He's out of pain. And he had a great life. Mm -hmm. oh, Eighty yeah. years, by all means. What a family, too. Yeah, and 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 the thing he left he left us when he was still at the top of his game. He made a lot of people happy. He sure did. He gave a lot of people a lot of entertainment mm -hmm. and enjoyment and, throughout his lifetime. And they were um, how do I want to put it? They were generous. Yeah. They supported a lot of um, of, of things that meant something to their family financially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a philanthropist. That'd be the term. yeah. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for helping. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me over. Now, um, Art Turf, you and he are particularly good friends. And um, you are. Wow. There's a news flash. First I'd heard, but I'm glad he, <laughs> he, he thinks enough of me to. You're in the company of Art Turf. Tell people so. How about that? Mm -hmm. So you could be Murph Turf. 
<laughs> how long how long have you known art <laughs> who knows we probably met at the pub a long time ago and i forget the first meeting <laughs> well but it's always nice to prefer, preserve a friendship and he pokes me on facebook every now and again <laughs> so we get along well well he is a very classy guy don't you think Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team played your arch rival Bungle State this past weekend, and I'm just wondering what kind of game it was. Well, just as uh, soon as I regained my composure, uh, you know, I can uh, report to all the fans that, uh, well, it was a fine ball game. You know, I got to say that all the Oysters did play a fine ball game on offense, and, and they went out there and played a real fine ball game on defense, and special teams came up with a real fine effort, and I do want to point out to all the fans that my brother Nat Turf's Bungle State team, they did come through with a real fine ball game. So what all the fans seen who came out to the ball game was a fine ball game. Both teams went into the game with identical records, Coach, and I'm wondering if you came out with your first win of the season. Well, that's right. You know, it was uh, a real even ball game. Uh, we was 0-9, uh, and, nine, and uh, Brother Nat Turf's team at Bungle State, they was 0-9. and nine. It was a real even matchup. And, of course, uh, even though it, we had the same records going into the ball game, them records didn't mean nothing because every time that we get together and play, you can throw all the records out the window because uh, they don't mean nothing. Coach, would you like to report on the score? this game well as a matter of fact i wouldn't uh, it was another one of them where we we come out on the short end it was a uh, 16 and 15. well it sounds like it was an even game from heartbreaking start. it was it was heartbreaking i i you know i've been coaching here ever since 1937 and i've been thinking back i can't even remember a loss it was as heartbreaking as this this was a real heartbreaking loss and we'll be back to discuss the ball game further and talk about the inept tech bungle state series heartbreaking right after we pause for this message and uh, brought to you by Hugh White Automotive there you go now the next segment well coach turf a 16 to 15 loss heartbreaking it was a heartbreaker to bungle state it sounds like a game that might have gone down to the last play of the game well, that's right it uh, certainly did uh, we even had the lead in the ball game we was ahead 15 and 13 we got ourselves five field goals in that ball game from Sammy Sidewinder. Sounds like that might picker, be a new uh, school record. Tied the school record set back in 1952 by Chipshot Chumley, who was in the stands for this ball game because his son, Chipshot Chumley Jr., was the field goal kicker for Brother Nat Turf's team over to Bungle State. And so I don't know who Chipshot was rooting for, but anyways, there on the last play of the ball game, old Chipshot Jr. was going to try a field goal, 53 yards, to try and put his team ahead and dogged if he didn't miss that rascal but uh, seemed like the officials you know I always seem like I blame everything on the officials but them officials call a penalty on us 15 yard penalty and that moved the ball 15 yards closer and I couldn't understand it the ball game should have been over we should have won the ball game 15 and 13 but no they give the, give us a 15 yard penalty and I went out on the field hooting and hollering and dogged if they didn't throw another flag give us another 15 yard penalty so that meant he had a 23 yarder and chip shot made that chip shot and we lost 16 and 15. And what was Brother Nat doing while all this was going on, Coach? He was on his way to pick up the trophy what goes to the winner of the ball game. What is that? That's that bag of bronze marbles, and he was real happy because he knowed, and I knowed that I'd done lost my marbles again.
Sporting Again Sports Fans for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Okay. We're official now. <laughs> I came across a report over the weekend entitled 2020's Best and Worst Places for Veterans to Live. And it caught my attention. Um, so, um, in ranking, in let's see, how many did they rank? They ranked um, like 100 cities. Okay. So, uh, of all of them, they have uh, Orlando, Florida, f- number one. Irvine, California, where my wife is right now, is number two. Tampa, Florida is three. Raleigh, North Carolina is four. Austin, Texas is five. Um, now, these are 100 cities. So what about Ohio stuff? Cincinnati comes out at the highest of all Ohio cities. It comes in 34th nationally. Columbus, 39th. Cleveland, 83rd. And Toledo, 88th. Um, let's see here. Highest percentage of military skilled jobs. Uh, the cities that have that, Fremont, California, San Jose, California, Durham, North Carolina, Toledo, Ohio, and Madison, Wisconsin. Lowest percentage of military skill related jobs. You got uh, Hialeah, Florida, Miami, Florida, Las Vegas, Irvine, Texas, and North Las Vegas. Lowest veteran unemployment rate. Lowest would be Orlando, followed by Irvine, Hialeah, Fremont, San Bernardino, Santa Ana. Highest veteran unemployment rate. Anaheim, Sacramento, Miami, Baton Rouge, Birmingham. Uh, Veterans in poverty. Lowest percentage, Irvine, Boise, Stockton, Chula Vista, and Chesapeake. And the highest... uh, Percentage of veterans in poverty, Baton Rouge, Detroit, St. Louis, Birmingham, and New Jersey. I'm sorry, Newark, New Jersey. What about just highest population of veterans? We're almost out of time. Virginia Beach has the highest. Jacksonville, Florida, Colorado Springs, Henderson, Nevada, 
Norfolk, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia. So three of the five listed, and they're all tied for first, are uh, in the same neighborhood. Lowest veteran populations, New York City, Santa Ana, Newark, New, Jer New Jersey, Miami, Florida, and Hialeah, Florida. Interesting stuff. Folks, um, um, have a great day out there, please. And um, we're going to have a special show on Veterans Day. So expect that, please. Um, why am I not hearing an ID? Let me go back there and see what I can find. Well, we're supposed to have CBS right there. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by eBay. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. We've gotten hopeful news from drug maker Pfizer on its coronavirus vaccine. Pfizer reports late-stage clinical trials have proven 90% effective. CBS News medical contributor Dr. David Agus. So 90% reduction in uh, symptoms of the virus in people who got the vaccine. Dr. William Schaffner at Vanderbilt University. We might anticipate in fairly short order having vaccine available for the first group in the priority list. That would be patients with COVID and the healthcare workers who treat them. Stocks have skyrocketed on news of Pfizer's success. All three major indices have broken records. The Dow is up right now 1,180 in early trading. CBS News business analyst Joe Schlesinger. I think investors are sort of wise. They're saying, hey, I'm not investing for the next six minutes. I'm looking at the next six years. We're going to get beyond this. This is great. And this continues the rally that we had seen developing last week. S&P is ahead 102. President Trump calls the developments great news. President-elect Biden.